Welcome to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast, Season 5, Episode Number 2. I have a treat for you today. We have world-renowned skill development trainer, coach, mentor, Gannon Baker. And this was a this was an excellent interview. Um, this interview did go a little bit longer than than some of my uh other episodes. We did go for about an hour, but I promise you it's very valuable. You're gonna get some great information from this episode. Um Gannon talked about a lot of different things, talked about how he trains in a holistic way. Uh, he talked about his philosophy. He talked about five skills that players should should constantly be working on. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the the areas of improvement that we, that we see in the skill development field. But it, we just we really just talked about some great things that um, that that you really need to hear and listen, not necessarily just technical skills but just things that can just really help a player develop, not necessarily just on the court, but also off the court. So this is a great episode. Make sure you get your notebook. Make sure you get your pen and your paper or your or your pencil, and you take some really good notes. After the show, um, I will give you all of our contact information again so you, so you can be sure to connect with us and also make a couple other announcements. But as of right now, this is the interview I did with Gannon Baker. Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ, and today we have a very special guest. We have the man that really needs no introduction. Um, if you've been around basketball, especially skill development, uh, you have you should have heard of this name. You should have seen him somewhere. Uh, none other than Gannon Baker, uh, basketball skill development guru, um, this guy has helped and coached a lot of players from young players, elementary level, all the way up to the professional level, mentored a lot of coaches. Uh, coach, we appreciate you being here. Before we jump into this thing, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your, your skill development and coaching journey, uh, so they can get a little more information about you. Yeah, TJ, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's an honor. Uh, I'm in China here in Arkansas. God bless technology, man. You know? <laughs> but, um, I, I grew up in Hampton, Virginia. played uh, for Boo Williams back when he had two teams, Hampton High School. Uh, won a state championship, 89. Won the uh, runner-up, 90. Played at Duquesne University. Was able to start at Duquesne. Uh, played in Atlantic 10 there in Pittsburgh. Uh, transferred to UNC Wilmington the next year. Started for them for two years. Um, graduated from UNC Wilmington, went into college coaching, uh, coached at uh, Hampton University, Belmont Abbey, Coastal Carolina. So I was able to be on uh, Division One, Division Two levels. Didn't really get a lot of uh, skill development. Didn't get a lot of player development when I was coaching uh, from '96 to '99. So uh, I had an opportunity to play uh, professionally overseas. So I played in Iceland for a year. Uh, did real well, had some other opportunities in, in some other countries after the season, but I had to have surgery. Unfortunately, didn't really know I needed surgery, so I got home and, and had that foot problem. So I had a tibial tendon surgery, and I was out like eight months. And sometimes what God uses for pain is really for purpose. And that's when I decided, and I got the vision of, of running my own basketball business in the year 2000. So uh, I started my business really trained kids in a chair, had a boot on, did uh, camp talks all around the state of Virginia, 
uh, had a lot of charisma, had a lot of skill in the chair, shooting, dribbling, passing, had the gift of conversation. Uh, I, be, I became uh, good at it. So I was like, man, that's something I could probably do for a living. Uh, so I started it, but then two years later, I had opportunity to uh, try out for the Denver Nuggets, man. They were having an open tryout. Uh, they accepted you know, kind of resumes, video of about 250 guys from all over the country. So I threw it in with the heck. And they picked me. So I went out, and uh, we had a three-day tryout. Um, the winning, the winning, uh, they picked four of the top guys at this camp to go to rookie camp. And I was one of them. So a week later, man, I was at rookie camp with Carmelo Anthony and um, uh, Chris Anderson, Birdman, and, uh, Andre Miller, and it was incredible. Uh, Scott Delic was the head coach. Uh, Adrian Dantley was an assistant. Chip England Spurs was an assistant. Uh, Scotty Brooks, who's with the Wizards, was an assistant. It was an unbelievable coaching tree. I ended up making it through a couple cuts, got got injured, broke my knuckle. But I asked them if I could stay extra until the end of training camp to learn how to train pros. And they were like, sure. So they paid, I paid for my room and food, and I was able to just be a fly on the wall, take notes. And after 2000, I, did, I didn't look back, didn't have a plan B. And, uh, you know, here we are, man, 47 countries, five continents. Hundreds of uh, NBA, WNBA players, uh, numerous, numerous uh, popular skill trainers out there now that have, uh, you know, reached out to me. Some have worked for me, and uh, and they're doing well. So uh, I'm in China now. I have a business in China that I have on, and uh, I'm just man. I'm just really excited to be able to teach the game and touch lives all over the world and cultures uh, every day. So that's my story. Yeah, I I will have to say um, you've either influenced or mentored just about everybody at some point to some degree uh, that's gotten into into skill development. Because I remember in 2001, that's when I started. And uh, I didn't, wasn't even thinking about, about skill development. Uh, I had I had transferred I had finished playing ball, and and came home. Uh, me and my wife had got married during my spring break, and uh, I came home and and was finishing up finishing up school and ran into the the coach the of the of the school I was attending, and he asked me to work out the team's point I had no clue of what to do. Uh, I pretty much yeah. been doing some of the same drills that I would do, and. Uh, then it kind of got to a point where I was just kind of dabbing in a little bit and I started doing a little research. And that's the first time I ran up on uh, a video clip of you. And it just, it really kind of, it really kind of shocked me because then I realized that, that this could be something bigger than what I had, had envisioned. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and then some of the some of the people that's that's really big now, you know, you know, like you said, coming from under your tree and 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 things like that. So uh, you definitely put your stamp on 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 skill development and and the game of basketball. So all right, so let's get right into this thing. Um, what is your definition of skill development, and why is it important to the game of basketball? 
we know, you know, skill development obviously is the uh, journey and the practice of trying to be the best you can be at a particular activity. But when I think of skill development, you know, I think of the coach, you know, because that's, I'm not a player anymore, you know, but when I was a player, I wanted to make sure that I always had a solution in the game. So I think that's the true definition of a skill development. If you're a player, you know, you don't want to have a weakness. I, I uh, had a chance to spend three, four days with Kobe Bryant and his skill academy uh, back with Nike. And I asked, you know, I would ask Kobe uh, different questions. And one of the questions I asked him, I was like, yo, you know, what are you working on this summer, man? What's your weakness? And then he's like, I don't have a weakness. <laughs> so and everybody knows Kobe now with technology and social media. And I'm so glad that people are transparent in a good way. And he's transparent in a way. But, you know, that's Kobe. And he's like, I guess I'm working on passing out of double teams and triple teams. But <laughs> he said he practiced so much, you know, off the dribble, off the catch, off the cut, uh, off the finish, uh, film work that he, he felt he didn't have a weakness, that he just needed to be consistent. And, you know, fast forward a few years later, I asked LeBron the same thing. I said, you know, how do you not the same thing? But one of the questions I asked LeBron, being able to work with him is uh, how do you define greatness? And he said consistency. So that's that's really skill development, man. Finding solutions uh, at the game of basketball and then doing it day in, day out. You know, just executing, producing. Now, as a coach, you know, if you want to teach skill development, you got to teach life and basketball. And I know that's hard for some people because they're private, they're introverts. And that's nothing wrong with that. But I have always been a guy that walks into a gym and, and, and says, yo, who's got next? You know, like, I don't care what people think of me. If I offend you, I'll apologize. If I inspire you, you know, I'll go, I'll, I'll get energy to go do the next. So I always get into guys' lives. Like, I ask the hard questions. I'm confrontational in a good way. I, you know, sometimes too brash, sometimes too personal. But I don't care. I, I, I want to help you get better in life and basketball. And by asking you the hard questions and pushing you towards greatness, that holds me accountable in my life. And so I'm, I'm good with that. So, you know, the definition of life skills is trying to give people peace, purpose, and power. And with basketball, it's teaching them solutions from an individual skill and a team skill. Very clear, you know, that's period. I mean, that, and, and so from there, you build your curriculum. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been trying my best uh, to really mentor kids on and off court. So I had a, I got a text message yesterday from a parent, <clears throat> and she was thanking me for not just training and working with her grandson, but, but mentoring him. You know, and, and I try to tell her that, you know, basketball there's so many life skills that you can learn through the game of basketball in sports period but especially in the game of basketball so i just yeah. i just you know i try to use that time to teach the kids something you know other than basketball because okay. we both know that at, at some point the game of basketball is going to stop you know it's going to come to a point to where we're going to we're going to become adults and we got to live a life and i want to be able to take some lessons from basketball and, and teach these kids. So some things that they can apply to themselves 
outside of outside of the game. So yeah, and, and, and let, me add, let me add to that, man. If there's anybody out there listening to your podcast that teach pros, uh, I, I can speak from authentic experience. You know, if a pro's life is not right, their game is not going to be right. If their life is not the way it should be, and they have distractions, and they have stress, then they can't be the best player they can be. Play with a clear, uh, peaceful mind. Now, obviously, some guys can. You know, we know Kobe went through the adultery thing, and that's where the Black Mamba, you know, was born. Like he could compartmentalize life basketball. You know, just reading the book, seeing interviews. You know, Kobe didn't know if his wife was going to leave him or not. So his haven was basketball. Allen Iverson, you know, growing up in Hampton, Virginia, me and Allen uh, were friends, and I had a chance to house his son at my prep school a few years back. Like, like Allen could do that. Allen could off the court, whatever, but on the court, and he could just ball. Yeah. Not many players like that. Right. And that's why the NBA has hired mental professionals and psychologists uh, to help these players basically, you know, make better decisions off the court, uh, help their stress, help their mental illness. And so if you're training pros, uh, I, I know a lot of NBA skill trainers don't touch this subject, but you know, whenever I was with pros, and I still do this, whether they're overseas or NBA, you know, I, I really try to help them with their life. I don't judge, I don't push upon them, but you know, they definitely have to be aware, and you have to emphasize uh, that and you got to organize and, and, and make good choices off the court because that does affect your next contract. That does affect your legacy. Unfortunately, you are a role model, man. So you're influencing a lot of lives, whether you like it or not. So let's get your game and your life right. And if more coaches, mentors, parents, AAU, whoever, you know, whatever, whoever is in these young elite kids' lives, Instead of being their Brodies, right? You gotta be their, gotta be their coach, man. Instead of being their, their friend, right? You gotta help them finish, right? What they're supposed to do, and and, and, and they're given a gift from God. You gotta help that plan. And so you, you, you know, you can't, you can't be their friend. You can be friendly with them, but you, you gotta give them solutions and help them have more discipline on and off the court with their choices. And in turn, that's going to make your life better because now you're held accountable because your message and your words won't have any weight. You're contradicting, you know, telling them to make good choices. And here you are acting like an idiot all the time. You know what I mean? So um, I just wanted to add that. Yeah, it's all about establishing those, those relationships. Um, and that's something that I try to do. You know, I try to establish some relationship. I want it to be when, when, when this kid is done playing and they go off to college, whether they play in college or whether they are just, just a student, whether they're a student athlete or whether they're just a student. I want, I want to establish such a relationship to where when they get married, you know, I'm invited to the wedding. When they have a kid and start a family, I receive pictures. You know, um, it's just, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much more to the game other than just, you know, just basketball. So I, I try to be that that type of mentor, that type of that type of person. So would you say well, what you explained is is sort of your philosophy on skill development? So let's let's talk a little bit about that. What what's 
when it comes to skill development, and you can look at this, I know we can look at this many different ways, but like, what is what is your philosophy when it when it comes to skill development? Well, again, it, it's based on the definition I gave you. You know, my job keeps these kids loose. Mm -hmm. um, basketball, both you know, mostly offensively, but obviously there's defensive workouts and there's defensive instances. I help them. You know, I empower them to have the confidence. Uh, to make to make the plays in the game, I empower them with information and knowledge and know-how to practice. You know uh, their role, their activities on their own. So I, I I've always used a holistic approach. And what that means is you know, I train them physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And so during the whole workout, before the workout, after the workout, like you said building relationships with them through technology. Uh, if it's a local kid, uh, you know, your house is always open. I, I have done a tremendous amount, and this I didn't really try to do this. It just kind of happened, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm going on my 19th year, uh, graduating into my 20th year doing this. and I've, I've got a lot of players that come from different states, cities, cultures, continents that stay with me for a week or two weeks. We just had a, a pro from Dubai to stay with me. And so, you know, you got a kid stay, staying with you yeah. for a week, you can change his life. And yeah. that's not an arrogant statement. That's not a narcissistic statement. That's that's the God-given gift that, he, that, that, that every man has to help the world become better, to build his kingdom. You know, I mean, there's a great spirit and king inside of me to help him be a king. And so, man, I'm, you know, he's seeing me all, all day, every day, how I treat my wife, how I treat my kids, how I develop myself personally. I mean, I, one of the things I take pride in, man, I'm in almost better shape than most of my clients. Like, they can't, you know, this pro from Dubai, he couldn't beat me one-on-one. -on -one. Now, obviously, he's not G League or NBA, but at 47 year old seven-year-old, I can still go. And so he sees me working out. He sees me eating right. He sees me studying notes. He sees me watching film. He sees me devotional, you know, getting into the Word. He sees me with my kids. He sees me with my wife. He, I, I let him in my business meeting. He sees how I handle adversity in business. He sees how I prepare for his workout. And so, you know, uh, I always love a quote. I say this on almost every podcast. Truth, there is no question. If you live in the truth, and you become the best version of yourself every day, because that's consistency, daily habits, daily action, then you know, you're not afraid of anything. And the truth from the word sets you free. So you're empowering this guy to go play and go live stress-free because he's prepared his whole self. And your whole self is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Now, a lot of people add the financial and the social part of it, and occupational and all that. Um, I don't know if I have time for seven values with kids. I just, I just work on those four, but you know, that's, that's my philosophy, man. It's, it, it, and it's nothing, look, don't get me wrong. It's nothing wrong. If you're an Instagram, social media influencer, all you focus on is, uh, engagement and physical that, look, I'm not going to hate on that. That's not wrong. Providing for yourself, you're giving kids that physical excitement motivation to go out and work on their game and that's cool but i have a deeper call 
you know, I, I have a deeper uh, philosophy with kids, you know, because the game is not all about, you know, hey, I'm excited to work on my moves. I want to teach them the whole game in a short amount of time or a long amount of time. And I want to teach them to be living trophies, if you will, in life, be winners in life so they can go on to have great relationships, great occupation with a purpose, a great family, and a great pillar in society. You know what I mean? That's that's my philosophy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, so let's let's get into some some on court <clears throat> on court discussion here. And I know that this is a general general question. Um, again, you know, it, it, it kind of comes down to what you believe. Um, but what are what do you think are three to maybe five skills that every player needs to be consistently working on? And and then after we after we discuss it, let's get into how they should develop those skills. So if you're a player, let's just say a high school player, ninth grade, or even you know, a junior high player, eighth grade, and, and, and you're going to go to the gym on your own, go to the park on your own. What are, what are some skills that they should work on and uh, consistently, and, and how should they develop those skills? So you're saying uh, the age group is junior high? Yeah, let's just, let's just say typically the junior high, high school kid. Uh, junior high. Yeah. yeah, I would say, number one, if you're in junior high or high school, Number one, you know, those kids want success quickly, right? They want to play, they want to start, they want to be the man, and then they might think about winning. <laughs> if, any, if any high school or junior high kid is listening to this and they're saying I'm wrong, I'll tell them they're a lie. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I can remember vividly as a high school junior that I wanted success yeah. and I wanted to start. I wanted to be all district, and I, you know, I had a goal of winning state championship. But I'm, I'm glad we did, and that's a whole other podcast. But first and foremost, man, you you got to know what your coach wants from you. What's your role? You know, you're you're defeating the purpose. You're running in quicksand, as I say. If you're you're out there working on your three point shot when coach don't allow you to shoot three. Yeah. You know what I mean, so one, you got to find out, coach, what do you want me to do? So you take that and you work on that. And then you work on stuff that's going to get you to college. Because I'm, I'm sure most high school players, junior college players want to keep playing. At least all the ones that train with us, right? Parents spend money and time. Right. You know, we're not just teaching kids to be recreational. These kids are investing. They want to, you know, get a, get a college scholarship. And then, you know, I want to play pro. So if you want to play pro and you want to be the best you can be, you know, here's the skills you need to work on. Number one, have a move and a counter off the dribble. Right, you got to be able to separate out the dribble. You know, there's a big debate. I can do that with three dribbles. I can do it with two dribbles. Whatever, man. Just move, get a move and a, a counter off the dribble where you're making that move and, and creating a pass or a shot in three seconds. All right, number two, you got to get a move and a counter off the finish. It can be one foot. It can be two foot. It can be both. But you gotta you gotta be able to have a move and a counter when you get to the paint or you're shooting mid range, right? Footwork to finish, and you want to create space for a pass or a shot. Very simple. Uh, number three, you want to get separation off the cut, right? Either by yourself or with the screen, 
but when there's drives, there's kicks. So you got to be able to find space, and you got to be able to find space in the right place. And you're coming off a screen, and you know whether it's a wide pin or a down pin or a back screen or a flare screen or a rip screen. Like you got to be able to, you know, have timing and come off that screen. What do they do on a switch? Okay, boom. So you gotta you gotta get separation off that when you and when you catch it, you go open for a pass or a shot or another drive, right? And then number five, you know, as, as I said for the top four, you know, you gotta be able to play with three players. Every every action, and I got this from my mentor John Lucas, never forgot it. He sat me down one day, it must have been like two or three hours, man. He showed me the film, uh, we talked, diagrammed on napkins. But uh, I can't believe I didn't get this concept earlier because I had played pro, I had played um, high school, college. But the way he put it was every action in basketball is involved in a triangle. Like now, great players can make a play to the other two, you know, cross court or not in the action. But, you know, most players, average, are going to make a play within – the triangle. You're always going to have, if you have the ball, you're always going to have your play shot. Or you're going you're to have the angle and the space to pass to a first or second team. That, that's it. And so if you diagram any play, coaches out there, he's right. You pick and roll, all right? Driving kick, low post action. You're, all, you're always going to be on the strong side of the court you're going to play off three players. Or if it's the weak side of the court, you're going to find the next closest play. So, you know, players have to be able to do that. So the way you do that is three-on-three three with a purpose, four-on-four four with a purpose. When you play your pickup game, you know, five-on-five five with a purpose. So for me, um, those are the most important skills, and those that, that's what my curriculum is pretty much based on. Yeah, I've been I've been really stressing to a lot of kids about knowing their role. Yeah. Uh, typically, uh, if you a kid that, that's getting ready to play, they uh, TJ, I'm gonna turn the light on real quick, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a little dark in here. All right. There you go. Sorry about that. No, you good. You're good. But typically a player that, that, you know, a lot of times junior high, high school kids, they struggle with that. I've seen that yeah. they struggle with really knowing their role and not necessarily just knowing their role, understanding and accepting their role. Because sometimes as a, as a ninth grader or 10th grader, your role may be to, you know, protect the pain and rebound. Uh, it may be to be an energy guy. Not everybody can be the, the all-state or the all-district or all-city player. But we have right. we have to accept our role and, and play it to the best of our ability. I was just telling this to a to a player, to this young lady I was training. Uh, she was saying that, well, every time we scrimmage, coach would tell me, just rebound. I said, Well, rebound then. You know, if that's what's gonna get you on the floor, I said, you rebound. You go in, you rebound, you play good defense. And I said, once the coach, uh, once you and the coach establish that trust that, you know, she'll give you a little more responsibility. I said, but right now, just with you being a sophomore, your goal is to get on the floor. And if rebounding to get you on the floor, then we're going to be the best rebounder, you know, that, that you can be. 
And uh, and I think she realized that and she looked at it differently. She was like, okay, well, if that's what it takes for me to go on the floor, then that's just what I got to do. So uh, players got to really understand their role and accept their role. And they can't be afraid to go to the coach and ask them, you know, what their role is. I, I, I've known a lot of players who just, they don't, they're too scared to talk and communicate with their coach. But they, they can't be afraid to go up to the coach and talk to them and ask them, you know, what's my role or what's my expectations uh, for the team? Um, so another thing that I've been really big on is discussing the difference between working out and development or training. And so here's, here's what I mean. Um, to me, finding drills is the easy part. And what I mean by that is there are so many resources for coaches, trainers, and players to find drills. Okay. It's, uh, you know, there's YouTube, there's a number of different sites for you to get the actual drill. But I think there's been a lack in the actual development of players. Um, there's a lot of working out. And, and I'm not saying that you can't get better from working out. You know, you, you're going to have, you're going to have some improvement, but the actual development to me is different. So, uh, I, I try to get players to understand when you go to the gym and work out, you don't have an actual plan. It's more of random. Okay. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get up shots. I'm going to go to the gym and work on my ball. Handling. But when you actually prepare or train, you actually have a plan. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that, the difference between actually working out and actually having, having a plan. Uh, Got to go. These are the steps I'm going to take to reach that goal versus I'm just, it's a shot in the dark. I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to make up what I'm going to do once I get there. There's really no direction in what I'm actually, in what I'm actually doing. So what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on this? Well, working out is basketball Zumba. <laughs> you go to the gym, you burn calories by dribbling right. and passing, which is cool. Uh, if you go, if you go hard, mm -hmm. uh, you know you get you get some stamina. But um, you know, basketball plan is something that's created from A to Z. Meaning, if, if you have if you want an off season plan, so for a high school kid, you know they finish the season mid mid February. I would say, you know, take take a month off, don't do anything, do some stretching, ride the bike. Keep your stamina up and don't press a ball for a month. And then they got to plan out, all right, how many AAU games am I going to play? What's my schedule from March to uh, first practice, November 1st or whatever? You know, they, they got to they gotta, they gotta be that strategic. That's what I did. I, I went to Boo and said, look, Boo, I love you, man. All I need is, is two tournaments. And Boo was like, I got nine tournaments for you. Like, man, I, I don't want to play in nine. All, you know, I mean, so I had a different philosophy. Ended up getting 31 Division One offers. I knew, I knew what the hell I wanted to do. You know, my, my uh, I knew I was going to develop more playing pickup at night, being the only white dude in the gym at the King Street Community Center or at Hampton University. You know, prestigious all-black college, and and them boys could go. And it was no AC, and you know, I was playing with the college guys. I was the only white dude. I know this will give it to me. That was better than any Boo Williams AAU tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I had an plan. All right, I was going to practice this much. Then I interviewed uh, my coaches. I interviewed college scouts. You know, I, I, I asked Buddha, asked the college scouts, you know, what's my weakness? And all of them said, man, you slow. You step slow, step slow. So most of my workout was ball quickness, playing one-on-one, defensive slides, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan out how many days you're going to work out. And during that workout, if it's two hours, how many hours, you know, first hour, you can work on your strengths. Second hour, you can work on your weaknesses. And then this is something really nobody does is keep a basketball journal. You know, what are the drills you worked on that day? Specifically, if you did a drill, how many defensive slides did you do from sideline to sideline or foul line to foul line or lane to lane? You know, so you can measure and assess if you're getting quicker or better. If you're doing ball wraps, if you're doing, you know, dribble crossovers, how many did you get in 30 seconds? If you're working on left jumpers to the right, how many did you make out of 10? Like, I actually did that. You know, it, it, now it takes time. It's it's it, 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 it's anal. It's monotonous. But yep. you know, they ain't giving two hundred fifty thousand dollars scholarships to short dudes just because they go work out. They're giving scholarships to short dudes like I was short. Uh, they could play. They had passion. They had grit. They had organization. They loved the game. They sacrificed. They invested. That was tough as nails. You know what I mean? It was different. You know, all these players and parents out there, I hope they're listening. I hope your platform is big. If not, I will retweet it, man. Our platform is pretty big. big. I hope all these parents are listening, man. Like, just because it's popular in basketball, youth, grassroots culture, don't make it right. I mean, everybody (laughs) (laughs) and follows the trend of what's the neighbors doing? What's the dude that has 100,000 followers on social media? What's he doing? Like, there's value in simplicity and basics. And everybody gets caught up into all these distractions. And it really hurts a lot of families, unfortunately. And it really hurts a lot of kids. And one of the most popular things is highlight tapes, put your workouts on Instagram, play all these tournaments, get with the best day. No, man. I'm telling you this. I'm, I'm, I'm going on tape before. I've gone on, you know, record before. If you work out on your own during the off season and you play a lot of pickup with adults and older OGs, because and then people say, well, they're not out there. Man, they're still out there. Yeah. I play in an OG Sunday, Saturday, uh, you know, open gym, and these guys can go, and there's no high school kids. Yeah. Right, so they're out there, and I'm in Melbourne Beach. I'm in a white community, right? I'm in Melbourne Beach, and I found a hood that has ex ballers, ex you know pro players, ex you know current street ballers, and there's only me and this other white dude in the gym, and and it's good competition, right? But there's no high school kids. No, awesome. nope. and, and the other thing is, you can play like one or two tournaments and get all the exposure you want. Or if you do your job, and you're, now your high school coach has to do their job, a high school coach, to me, is still influential. If you have a good high school coach, and you do well in high school, and you play in two or three tournaments during the summer, maybe go to a uh, exposure camp every now and then, like a hoop group or 
you know, Pangos out west, you will get noticed. Like all this bull crap of highlight tapes and playing every, like it, it, it doesn't hurt the elite kids because the elite are elite. It hurts the mid-major, low-major, in-between scholarship kids. Man, most of it, it hurts all the kids that we train. Yeah, you know I mean, because all the kids we train are the kids that aren't elite, and they, that's why they need to train with us. You know what I mean? So, hope that wasn't too uh, transparent for people. No, that's, that, that's the same story. I've I've been trying, same message I've been trying to share. Um, you know, going back to what you were saying about writing out your writing out your training. My senior year in college, my wife to this day. Um, this is almost 20 years ago. To this day, my wife still gets on to me about, you know, when I'm shooting, if I'm playing a rec game and I miss a free throw because she used to track all my shots. So I would do it by myself. I would do it by myself with no rebound and she would sit in the bleachers and I would have everything wrote out. I said, okay, I'm going to make 10 shots off the dribble on the right wing going right. And if it took me 14, 15 shots, I would do it again. And she would just get so irritated because it'd be like, okay, look, you need to hurry up because we would go in the mornings. Uh, we would go to the gym and work out. And, uh, and then we would go to, and she was my girlfriend at the time. So, so she yeah. was dedicated. Yeah, I had a good one. So I had, I had, I had to keep, I had to wife her up. So uh, I, I kept, kept up with everything, wrote everything down. And I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I just wanted to kind of see, you know, keep a track of it. And then next thing you know, I had this, this journal where I had all my stats. I could see, you know, how I was shooting the right side of the floor, how I was shooting off the dribble. I would add it up and come up with percentages. And, but I ended every, every, every workout by making so many free throws in a row. And to this day, and I'm 40, if she see me playing in a rec league game and I miss a free throw, she brings that up. Because if I get to nine and miss number 10, I'd start back over. And so uh, just doing those things, I've told kids, hey, man, write your stuff out. Keep up with how many you make. Set a number. You want to make so many you know, out of 10. If it's not at least seven or eight, I would do it again. Um, so the other question I want to – another thing I want to get into, I, I, I tell players that, to develop a complete basketball player, it's, it takes more than just on-court skills. Um, and this is something that, that we've actually kind of hit on throughout, throughout this, this conversation. Um, and that's film study, improving your basketball IQ, uh, your sports performance, and, and nutrition, and taking care of your body. Uh, so let's, let's, I want to get your thoughts on, on those areas. Uh, we hear about on-court skill development, on-court skills training all the time. Uh, but let's talk about how these other areas works together with, with skill development to, the, to, to create or develop the ultimate basketball player. So let's talk about, first let's start with film study. How important is, is film study? Well, I mean, it, it all depends on the kind of coach let me rephrase it. It depends on the, the services that you provide as a coach, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, I don't watch much film 
with most of my guys. Like, only time I watch film with guys and break down guys' film is if I'm, you know, living with a pro for one, two, three months. And I don't do much of that anymore. I got three kids. I got a family. I'm not living, I'm not chasing NBA guys around, you know, three, four months at a time or even all year. Um, so that, you know, that's, that's number one, man. It's like film studies is really important, really important. But as, as you know, most of the skilled trainers today that train kids after school, I mean, you know, when I talk to a lot of guys that are successful, man, they train hundreds of, you know, 100, 120 kids. They're trying to fit 100, 150 kids in a month. So I, what are you going to watch? watch film with 150 kids so my my point is if you're you know if you're a player yeah you should watch film with a competent coach which should be your high school coach should be your AAU coach like when when is the skill development trainer take like why are we watching film with guys when we don't even coach at their school like that's my whole thing. Look, you should be watching film with your coach, your assistant coaches, your, you know, head coach, and, and these guys play for AAU, high school, college. Like, like that's my question. Like, look, man, I ain't got time to watch film with you, man. Go watch, you know. But if, if it's part of the service, hey, coach, you know, I really need you to look at film. I trust your eyes. You have more experience than my high school coach or my AAU coach. I'll do it, no question. But you know, I've, all, I've always looked at film as like, look, that's not my job. My job is hard enough, getting you to follow through, getting you to play with your head up, getting you to go hard, getting you to, uh, you know, buy into, you know, being a leader and, and talking and showing up. So film study, that, that's my take. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm looking at this more of not necessarily from a, from a skills coach, but just as a player. You know, you know, so, you know, you got to get your own core skills. And then I look at it as, okay, you got to have some, some type of film study, you know, so yeah, the no player, you know, you have to be able to, to look yeah. at a little bit of film and say, okay, these are some things I need to improve. This is what I need to get better. This is what yeah, makes it successful. Absolutely. Every, every player should have at least, you know, 30 minutes to an hour every other day watching themselves on film. But here's the thing, TJ, the player has to have a mentor, has to have a antagonist, has to have a coach, because that player could be watching that film and all he sees is, man, I'm killing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the coach, for the highlights. But coach says, all right, you didn't, you dribbled eight times before you made the shot. You didn't sprint back on defense. It was actually your tag on the pick and roll. Like, you know, if a yeah. player has to watch film, unless they're, you know, NBA players can watch film on their own. They're, a lot of them are smart enough to see what they're doing right and wrong, you know, Kobe details, et cetera. But a lot of these junior high, high school players, they need to watch film with a competent coach that can point out the good and the bad. Like, actually, that's one of the services that I'm starting to offer. There's, a, there's an app out there and there's a platform that's just being created that you can actually, uh, you know, watch a player's film and do all the technology, sexy, you know, 
animation stuff, voiceovers, and then send it to them. And it's like you were there. It's kind of like Kobe details. So I'm real excited about doing that and making that an actual service uh, for skill trainers. Because you're right, man. Film is as important as on the court stuff because that, that gets into the mental uh, function you know, of a player and the mental uh, skills that coaches, I think, also need to teach. And that goes into the basketball IQ. Um, you know, I've had a lot of players come to me and ask me different things. And um, a lot of times I tell them, you know, from what you're explaining to me, I will have to see it on film. And then we can look at that film and help you improve on your, on your IQ. Because if a player is watching their game and they're just looking at their crossover or they hitting a three or, or, or going in and, and dunking the basketball, they have, to, they have to be able to break that down and see what the defense is doing, what the defense was trying to do, you know, how they counter and, and, and things like that. So that, that film study also can help their on-court skill development because they know what they need to work on. And then it also improves their IQ so, that, so they can play a better, a better game. So is there anything when it comes to basketball IQ other than, you know, learning on the court and practice and, and film study that players would need to be aware of? I think, in my opinion, you know, if you do some basketball skill development, IQ drills, and the coach is questioning, you know, asking questions, player has to give responses, player makes the right read, and the 2-on-0, 3-on-0, 1-on-0, 2-on-2, 3-on-3, you know, drills, players are watching film, you know, rewinding, checking, seeing off the ball, seeing trends. I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, know your coach's playbook mm -hmm. better than the coach. So, you know, the third way, because, I mean, people, people learn in this way. They see, they hear, mm -hmm. and then they experience, right? So, and, 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 and then the fourth one is read. So, I, I think with film and uh, being on the court, you get to see, you get to experience, you get to hear. And then the fourth part of basketball IQ is to read. So that's when the coach has to give the player the playbook. Hey, here's our philosophy on defense. Here's our philosophy on offense. Here's our core concepts as a teammate. Here's our core values as a program. So you ingest that, you make it part of your DNA, so that now when you're going to practice as a player, you're prepared for practice. Mm -hmm. And I think coaches, you know, need to prepare our players for practice and not prepare the no question you gotta prepare the drills, right? You gotta prepare the drills, you gotta prepare the, the time frame, but it's more important to also prepare the players because they gotta know the foundation and the why of what that practice entails and the goal of the practice so uh, i always tell especially point guards man you got to know your coach's playbook yeah you know and so reading hearing seeing and doing that's how you can develop your total basketball iq 
Okay. All right, and then we have sports performance and nutrition. Um, you know, kids got to be able to take care of their bodies. They got to be able to get proper rest. They got to develop some uh, some strength and some conditioning, some endurance. And they also have to be able to eat well. Um, yeah. I know when I was 16, 17 years old, my dad used to tell me about eating fast foods and junk food and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm like, ah, it's no big deal. Um, but talk a little bit about how, you know, it's um, the importance of of eating clean and limiting some of these some of these foods that that that, that we want to that we want to eat and being able to just take care of your body with the strength and condition. I know you're real big on jump ropes or, or jump roping, um, so just you know discuss a little bit about the importance of of the sports performance and the nutrition. Well, TJ, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a nutritionist. You know, I got a master's in kinesiology. So obviously with my bachelor's in PE and master's in kinesiology, we have to take some courses about nutrition and body mechanics. But real simple, man, real simple. Number one, sleep eight hours a day. <laughs> Get your sleep in, man. You know, if you go to bed at midnight, wake up at eight. You know, if you go to bed at 10, Wake up at six, but you gotta get eight hours. Like LeBron, I read, I don't know if it's true. LeBron gets like twelve hours of sleep a day, so he probably gets eight hours and then takes a four-hour nap. But there, you know, all this, all this crap about sleep is for broke people, and <laughs> yo, I'm grinding like that. Okay, the, the people that are getting up at three a.m. guarantee they're going to bed at eight p.m. So you, you, I'm just. I'm just being honest, man. I've been around the best of the best, yeah. and all of them get their sleep. Number two, your body is 70% water. And so it, it's been, you know, public of how guys cramp and they can't play their end of the game. And, you know, if, you, if you've ever been a high-level athlete, you know, you know that, man, when you cramp, you can't move, man. It's yeah. like getting yeah. So – a great, a real simple thing is during the day, you know, your pee pee should be somewhat clear. A little bit of yellow in it, yep. but somewhat clear, man. If, if your pee pee is dark yellow or red or brown, you gotta get more water, man. Yeah. I mean, real simple. Just keep how much water, man. I'll keep drinking till you're full, but you gotta get water, man. You gotta get. It. You know. So, and number three uh, is real simple. Eat from the four food groups. You learned that in elementary school. My my uh my nine year old daughter is bringing home the food group chart: fruits and vegetables, mm. protein, bread. You know, I mean, if you're an athlete, you need a good combination of carbs and protein. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I always tell kids: look, look at the ingredients and try to eat as natural as you can. And if you can't spell the ingredients or even pronounce them, then don't eat that thing, man. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're hungry, when you're hungry, eat. When you're when you're full, stop eating. Yeah. If, if, if you're a guy that can eat an hour before a game, do that. But for me, I had to eat four and a half hours for a game. I couldn't eat three hours for a game. I was too fired, you know. And even now, like even before a workout for as a coach, I, I can't eat. A big breakfast at 7:30. If I gotta train it at nine, and so to me, it's like common sense. The food industry, the nutrition industry, 
is one of the most biggest, you know, uh, culture scams. Like everybody's got a new diet. It, it, you know, people are putting different things out there just to be different, to make millions of dollars. And it comes down to just because it's popular don't mean that it's right. Go back to simplicity. And uh, and I'm, I'm 47. My body fat's around 10. And I'm in great shape. And I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and a lot of protein and a lot of uh, water. And my indulgence, my, my sin is donuts and, and, and some chocolate chip cookies and milk <laughs> and, a couple Bud, and a couple Bud Lights, man. So, yeah. you know, people try to complicate it. I just tell kids, man, eat healthy. No fried foods, no sodas, limit your juices, a lot of fruits and vegetables, get your meats grilled. It's not that hard. You can Google how to eat right and you'll you'll be fine, man. Like I think we complicated. But again, it's a business, right? It's a business and I get it. You know, people want to make money at this great sports diet that Michael Jordan had and Larry Bird and Mike, you know. LeBron James had okay, that's cool, but it comes down to really four food groups, man. Kindergarten lessons. Yeah, yeah, we seem to be in a society where we overcomplicate things. We we uh, yeah. you know, you know, even with with the skill development, I see that. I think sometimes people want to try to portray that they know more than they actually do, but you know, that's that's a whole nother conversation. So, Coach, before I let you go, I have two bonus questions for you. And these are just some fun uh, little questions. I know I didn't send these to you, but these are just some fun little questions uh, that I have for you. Um, the first question, <clears throat> you're playing a pickup game, and uh, you're actually you, – and, you, and, and you're going to select five players, okay? I know you're going to make the sixth one, but you're going to select five players to play on your team. And you can pick any five players from any era, male or female. They can be professional, ex-professional. They can be living. They can be no longer living. If you could pick any five players in the history of basketball, who would you pick? Well, number one, who am I playing against? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, ain't I, ain't to pick, I ain't trying to pick WNBA. Hall of Famers, if I'm playing against them, you know what I mean? You said female, female. Who am I playing against? Am I playing against high school America? <laughs> All right, so I've never been asked that. Um, we'll, let, let's say you're playing against other – we'll just say you're playing against other NBA players. Okay. I don't know any well, particular I, player that you're playing well, against. All but. right, well, I've I trained some uh, WNBA, and, and my best experience in basketball was uh, training the – Minnesota Lynx during the offseason a couple of years ago. So, no disrespect, but if I'm playing NBA players, I'm not picking the WNBA Hall of Famers. But you got you to rephrase the question, man. <laughs> if I'm playing NBA players, who's my squad? At the point, Magic Johnson. At the two, Michael Jordan. At the three, uh, ah. Kobe or Kevin Durant? I'll pick Kevin Durant because of height and rebound. At the four, Will Chamberlain. And at the five, Akeem. Off the top of my head, that's a pretty good squad, man. Yeah. Off the top. That's, that's, that's a tough squad there. You got, your, you got the 
the best point guard ever to play, the best, arguably the best player to ever play the game, Michael Jordan, uh, best scorer to ever play the game. And, and Kevin Durant, what he's been able to do at, at 6'10", 6'11", that play on that, on that perimeter. Man, that's just that's yeah. That's, you know, like the arguments with that question. You got, yeah, you, know, you got Steph Curry left off. You got yeah. Isaiah. You got Larry Bird. You got Will. Yeah. You know, it's it's just so hard. But uh, that that's you know, off the top of my head, that's guys, in my opinion, that can play both. You know, can play both in uh-huh. and has length. And the ability to shoot the basketball. Yeah. And if they can't shoot, they can create their own shot. And and that's so why I didn't want to and that's why I didn't want to that's why I didn't want to send you the question. I wanted to I wanted to make you have to think right on right on the spot. So here's the last one. Uh we know that skill development has really changed over the years. How players train is is has changed a lot. Of course, players are not training today like they did 25, 30, or 40 years ago. Um, so if you had the opportunity to train any player, male or female, from any era, who, who, is, who is it that you would say, man, I would, I would have loved to get my hands on this particular player? I mean, I never really thought about it, man, so I don't know if I can give you an answer, but I would say the one player that like right now in this moment that I would love to work with is Steve Nash. I met him, right? I met him uh, multiple times because I, I lived with Amari for three summers and he played for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I never got to work him out and uh, he, he'd be one because I, I just think that I'm one of the best skill level players that we've ever seen yeah yeah all right well man um i appreciate it i appreciate your time i know we've been having a few technical difficulties but uh you know wanted to stick with it and try to finish this thing i appreciate that it means a lot so before you go um please uh, let everybody know how they can contact you how they can get in touch with you um and let us know about any any service or anything that you have that's 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 going on Thank you. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. You can Google me. I'm on WhatsApp, WeChat. Uh, My website is GannonBakerBasketball.com, G-A-N-O-N-B-A-K-E-R-Basketball.com. We have a great uh, all-inclusive systematic company curriculum for coaches and players that are just starting on the basic level all the way up to pro. Uh, There's PDFs diagrams, it's a booklet, but it's mostly uh, videos. It's about 1,500 videos on everything that I mentioned today, you know, how to uh, have a skill set to be able to play at each level. It also shows coaches, trainers, how to coach, and, you know, it gives you live visual techniques of teaching methods that uh, really helped me out in my uh, 28 years of coaching, you know, 20 almost 20 years doing it as business uh, with players all over the world. So if they're interested, they can just direct messages or email us through our website. And we'd love to mention, we have a free mentorship program. Right now we have about 500 coaches on it. And we do Zoom calls 
like this uh, twice a month and we have emails and different uh, products we send out for free to help them on their way. So, TJ, man, you know what you're talking about, brother. Uh, I'm glad you're in the industry and, and I know you help a lot of people. So uh, it's an honor that you would have me on, man. It's been a very uh, valuable experience for me here uh, last 40, 45, 50 minutes, man. So thanks for having me on, brother. Man, I, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on. You know, it, it means a lot, man, when you can when you can add value to people, uh, to get guests on, to know the game, and 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 can share some things outside of just technical skills. You know, and, and yeah. talk about things that's more than just just the game of basketball. And that's something that I always try to do. So so you, I've I've heard you speak before. Uh, you know, online and talking about impacting people's lives. And that's what I feel like that's what a coach should do. We should have some type of impact. So I just try to try to contribute as much as I can whenever I can. And, uh, you know, so this this is this is the platform I've been trying to use. So I appreciate you uh, even agreeing and wanting to come on here. So so I, I'm I'm big shout out to you for wanting to do it. I know you are across the world. There's a lot of things you can be doing or just be resting. So I appreciate it. No, no worries, man. You're making an impact, and all, all we can do is try. So, you know, keep on keeping on, man. Will do. Will do, man. And, and good luck to you and what you're doing. I know you said you had a, another business in China, so pray that goes well for you, man. All right, TJ. Thanks, man. No, no problem, nice man. I appreciate it. All right, brother. See you. All right. You have a good one. All right, so that was my interview with Gannon Baker. Uh, I told you he gave some great insights. So what I need you to do is I need you to follow him on all social media. If you want to check out his website, it's GannonBakerBasketball.com. If you're on Instagram, then you need to follow him. It's Gannon underscore Baker. And then he has another page that is Gannon underscore Baker underscore. One of them is more of an insight of what, you know, you kind of know what he who he is as a person. He's got some family pictures on there. And the other one is more of just for his business and basketball. I think the one that's Gannon underscore Baker underscore is more of basketball. Uh, the Gannon underscore Baker is more of his personal page and who he is and pictures about him and his family and, 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 and so on. If you're on Twitter... Then you got to follow him at Gannon Baker. It's just all together. His name, Gannon Baker. Um, that's his handle on Twitter. But I need you to follow me also. I am on Twitter and on Instagram at NBNBball. That's at NBNBball. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll be putting different clips from this episode and some other things, um, some pictures and, and whatnot on my uh, Instagram page. Also, you can find me online. My website is tjonesfirm.com. That's T, the letter T, J-O-N-E-S, firm, F-I-R-M.com. I released a book earlier this year, the Skill Development Playbook. It is available as a paperback for $9.99, and it's also available as a PDF download for $3.95. It's available on Amazon. If you go on Amazon and type in the Skill Development Playbook, it will pop up and you have the option of doing a paperback or the Kindle version. But if you want to buy directly from me on my website, then you will need to visit tjonesfirm.com forward slash SDP hyphen book. 
has all the information on there. It has some great testimonials from a number of different coaches. Um, and you can read all about the book and you can purchase it directly from my website. It's $9.99 if you buy it directly to, through me. And it's also $3.95 for a PDF download. So I appreciate everybody for listening. Before I let you go, I need you to make sure that you need to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And I need you to give me a five-star rating, especially on Apple iTunes. I need you to give me a five-star rating. Um, we're going to have some great episodes coming up. And I need for as many people to know and hear about this about this podcast. So I need you to subscribe. I need you to give me a five-star rating. Um, and quickly, real before I let you go, last thing. Next week, I will have my interview with Jefferson Mason. Uh, you've probably seen a lot of his stuff on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, he does a lot of the videos that you see through Dr. Dish. So we got to talk and had a great conversation. So it's going to be a great episode for next week. So uh, that is it. And until next time, thank you all. God bless.